hidden behind closed doors. This is BRB Movies. I'm Jason. I'm Michael. Jason, what are we doing here? We are going to discuss B-movies and drink beer. So what are we drinking today, Michael? Today, for our inaugural episode, we are drinking Future Dreams, which is a collaboration between Highland Park Brewing, which is down in Chinatown in Los Angeles, a really great brewery, and Bearded Iris. I'm going to, I'm not going to con you people. I don't know anything about Bearded Iris. I didn't actually realize it was a collaboration, but Highland Park is a, is a great, wonderful little brewery. They don't distribute very much as of now, so you can't, you have to go there, but it's an easy way to get there. It's off right by the train. Right at the, the Gold Line Chinatown stop. This is a double IPA. Fantastic. It is. It's cloudy. It's almost got that orange juice look to it. Fruity. You could do a mimosa with this. You you could. You could. This, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not recommending you, you drink in the morning, but... If you, you need to. You could. This is, this is it's, a, it's a delightfully fruity beer little sharpness to it. And we were down there recently. I met you and I took my girls and my dad. We were actually meeting to discuss this idea. Absolutely. Great brewery. The kids, great time. And they kept talking about the cheese curds that they really enjoy. <laughs> now we are we are based out of the West Coast. And I'm originally from the Midwest. We have we have cheese curds in the Midwest. I, you don't find them out here very often. So, and you really don't find the fried cheese curds, which is a dream. If you can find them, get them. They're great. So I found they have food at this brewery and they have fried cheese curds and they're doing a pretty good job. We had a great time. We sat there. The beer was all great. Yeah. Uh, Just a great afternoon. A perfect stop off the gold line. You should visit it. Let's talk about B-movies for a second. Absolutely. That's what we're here for. So (laughs) I have to say, I don't have a background in film. I love movies. That's all you need. <laughs> That's all. Okay. I, I, have, I have a degree and it's gotten me not not much. <laughs> degree But you cinema. enjoy the subject matter. And I that's enjoy, what counts. I enjoy the heck out of it. And without really knowing it, I, re- I enjoy B movie. One thing, and you're going to hear this, try not to beat you over the head with it, but B doesn't mean bad. And that was something I think even in my head you think growing up, B-movies are going to be bad. Well, they're not. They're not always going to be a bad movie. There, there are a lot of things that define them. Some of them are. And quite a few of the ones that we're going to watch are bad movies. But they're fun. You know, I hope. <laughs> I hope we're going to come across some gems as well. Yeah. But for instance, I love film noir. Film noir in and of itself was a, a B-movie. And for a while, I, I was hesitant, resistant to the idea of considering film noir movies B-movies because I thought, well, they're not bad. This is a fantastic movie. And some of them are, but not all of them. Maybe it will help if, while we're drinking this delicious beer, defining what a B-movie is. And maybe we can look at the traditional meaning and then what it means today. I think you had a a wonderful description because B-movies, where does the B come from? And I think you have that. During the golden age of film, so from the mid... 30s to the end of the 40s the b movie had distinct meaning at the the studios it was the b real it was the second movie at that time 
the major studios would always have a B unit and then the independents would also basically focus on B movies. And there was a defined definition where your A movies is where you put all your money in, but your B movies you would make for a set budget amount. They were short, generally under 80 minutes at sometimes under 70 minutes, generally genre, quick shoots, and they were sold to the theaters both the ones solely owned by the by the big companies for a set fee. They knew exactly like we're going to sell it to you for this fee and they knew exactly what the profit margin would be on these movies. That's why the budget had to be low. Now because of that there's no ever guarantee you're not going to make a lot of money off of your B movies but you would make a set profit. That was the definition during the golden age. So when we talk about some movies leading up to late 40s, a lot of them fit this definition because they were made by the B movie unit at the big production companies, the big movie companies, or they were made by independents that strictly focused on short schedules, limited budget, either actors on their way out <laughs> or their beginning actors that they're testing. And then that eventually changed though. It became cheesy. B movie yeah. did get the tag of cheesy because you get post the post World War Two, you had the film noir, but then you started getting into the science fiction. You got into the nuclear giant animals, giant bugs thing. Those were all B movies. A absolutely. And I think at that period, and correct me if I'm wrong, there was Devil Features became the norm during the late thirties and early forties. Yeah. You don't and, get a lot of double... You don't get any double features no, anymore. You and, used to be able to go spend the whole day at the movies. And what happened is... And we could talk about this at some other points. I believe at the end of the 40s, there's a Supreme Court case. Yes. So B-movies have... A, you could link them to a Supreme Court case, which basically said, if you own a movie company, you really can't own your theater chain. The large movie production companies divested from their movie chains and that put really an end to that double feature bill and so to fill that gap after world war ii you had smaller these poverty row production movie companies show up that say we'll just focus on the bees as a big big production company said hey we don't move the movie chains anymore we're just going to focus on the money makers where we can make an extraordinary amount of money at that time too there was a big change post-war because we got the drive-ins and what did what do drive-ins want at that time? <laughs> you want you want cheap, you want inexpensive movies, something that's going to bring in the kids that are going to spend the money on your concessions. I mean, that's that's essentially what you want. You and you're not you're not going to get that with a big melodrama, you know, with some <laughs> sitting room movie with you know Laurence Olivier. It's like what you're going to get. You're going to get it through like scary. You're going to get it from science fiction. Nuclear Holocaust. I mean, think of those old movies where it's like two, a couple making out. It's like, that's what you want. You want something that's going to scare the kids, going to make them like yell and laugh and, and scream. And nothing too deep where you have to pay really close attention to the plot lines. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but at the same time, when you, when you are talking, a lot of it was, was fueled by the nuclear age. That's just deep in itself. Find is when people look back and film theory, they will start talking about how, you know, there's so much more going on. And, and, and you go, no, the praying mantises just got huge. 
and, and they just started trashing stuff. You're looking a little too deep. I get it. And you want to write a paper about it. I, I understand. I've done it. But at the end of the day, the writers were probably just going, eh, Big bug cell. Exactly. Gamma rays will make the Hulk. You know, and then later they go, well, what about what about the underlying meaning of being the Hulk? Originally, it was just he gets big and he trashes everything. You know, these these insects, the ants <laughs> are getting them. <laughs> you know, it's like they're, they're coming. But we also we have to it, it goes from there into the 60s. It goes B movies are still being made. We have decided, though, we are going to be focusing we're gonna. Our cutoff is going to be the '80s, I believe, yeah. is what we discussed. We will go, and we will not probably be covering a lot of the giant insect movies. No. Those I think have been done enough, either through Mystery Science Theater, which I'm a huge fan of. Absolutely. If you're not familiar with it, you should go watch Mystery Science Theater because um, that was I, that's a fantastic show. We will probably avoid, or I will avoid a lot of the movies they did. I agree. Just because they've already been done. And and I don't think, you know, you, people don't need to hear people talk about them anymore or the giant mantis. There may be one or two that we yeah. come across that we go, we, should, we really should. But those movies are more, a little talked about, comical. We're doing the deep dive. Yes. <laughs> we're, we're doing a deep dive into <laughs> B movies. Yeah, so so get ready because the alien dead is coming your way. Yes. <laughs> no, I agree, Michael. I think we were gonna try to stay away from what Mystery Science Theater two thousand has covered. And you're right, we're probably gonna we're we're gonna end at the eighties. Because after the driving age of the fifties and sixties, as T V came became more paramount in everybody's household, all of a sudden you know, the drive-ins, which had jumped from under 100 in the early 40s to, I think, by the end of, like, its height in the early 60s to over four, I mean, roughly 4,000 nationwide. There's one where I grew up. Yeah. Two screens. They had one here, one here. And and I grew up probably the last generation where, like, the drive-in, we were probably the last generation where the drive-in wasn't a novelty. It was like, we would go see a movie. I saw... Metal Storm, the destruction of Jared Sin at a drive-in. I saw several movies at the drive-in, and it wasn't now. I think there are very few. There's one, I think, outside of Los Angeles. We're recording this episode in Monrovia in the San Gabriel Valley. There is one drive-in theater, I think right down the 605 freeway, and there's one drive-in theater to the east of us. I think it's announced... Recently, it probably going to close at the end of this year. But you're right. As Gen Xers, we're the last generation that probably touched drive-ins. My children, I'm going to try to get to them to at least one. Now uh, it's a novelty. It, exactly. But when I was growing up, it was something we, my dad we, would take us. Yeah, we, it absolutely. was cool. You'd go and you'd sit, you'd sit in a car with, with, with a bad speaker <laughs> because it really, <laughs> the sound wasn't great. But yeah. you'd watch a movie on this gigantic screen. You know, yeah. so it was it was pretty cool. I I think it's cool. Anytime you can do something, you know, the viewing experience of watching watching movies shouldn't just be on a, on a laptop. I think there's so much to be said for going to a theater, and if you if you are anywhere near a drive-in, it should be something to check out because they're, they're a lot of fun. But these giant animal, giant insect movies were just designed for the drive-in crowd. Again, I'm not gonna write them off. 
but we'll be focusing on things. Some other movies, when, when, but when that you, probably did show up at drive-ins. Absolutely, because we'll be getting in, you know, the, the zombie, the, the zombie genre. Not going to do, you know, Night of the Living Dead, even though that, that qualifies. As a B-movie. But I do think that movie has been talked about enough. You don't want to hear what we have to say about it because it's already been said. Exactly. It'll it be far better. <laughs> yes, exactly. But maybe not with the beer aspect no, of it. And, and one of the reasons we're, we're doing this with beer is, one, we both enjoy beer. And two, I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I think it helps in some of the watching some of these movies. Oh, there, there, there are times where, where I go, this movie is going to need this beer, you know, and and we'll you know we'll try to do that where yeah. we will try to pair the beer with the movie. I'm not gonna say we have to, but there are certain times where you where you go, there's a certain beer that goes with this movie. You know, Great Divide does Yeti Imperial Stout. At some point, I think we will be crossing a bridge where there will be some horrible. Bigfoot type movie that we watch and I'm just saying it right now. Yeti isn't what we're gonna drink when we talk about I, I can't whatever, wait. Whatever horrible Bigfoot movie is out there that we end up watching, I'm gonna insist that the Great Divide Yeti is a fantastic beer. I'm looking forward to that. Great. Great. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> but so, right now we're doing Highland Park, which I do like because it's it's local. Yeah. Um, I'm all about, and, and as far as beer goes, if you're drinking beer, I'm all for it. Check out your local breweries. If you have a brewery in your area, it's always great to, to support a local business. But also, you got, they're making beer right there. You know, you're cutting down your carbon footprint. You're doing something good for the world. There you go. <laughs> I can't agree with you more. You know, while you're drinking it, having conversations with friends, nothing like talking about some of your favorite movies and how meaningful they are to you. It, that's that's absolutely true, and and sometimes you have to, you sort of you have to do a reveal. You have to say, "Hey, I really like Metal Storm," yeah. or "I saw Laser Blast with my dad." Exactly, <laughs> was your story, and <laughs> and you watch it, and you go, "Okay, that wasn't as cool as I remember," but there is a there's a place, there's a place in my in my memory, there's a place in my heart for a lot of the movies. I'm using this as an opportunity to try new things, new watch new movies. I go, oh, I've never seen that. Or I've heard of that. This is a piece of me that, that I watched when I was a kid. I'm doing the same thing, Michael. It's I, funny. There's movies that are dear to me that I think we'll, we'll watch. But then I'm going to try looking for movies that meet these definitions that maybe they're not discussed. You don't see them widely anymore that people sh should take an opportunity to watch. Some of them are fantastic. Yes. There, we've already, I don't, I'm not going to name them, no. but like there's, there are some movies I watched and I went, and there is one that I remember I challenge you because I said, I don't know if this is a B movie. It was too big. It yeah. was, it was really well done. And, and I, and I, I, we will come across that where yeah. there, maybe we don't agree. No. Where, where I go, this is, I don't know. And I, and I even, I put you to it because I watched that movie yeah. over and over and I was like, and I finally went, I don't think this is a B movie. This is an A movie. And I, I said, why is it a B movie? Because I searched. Yeah. And it's really good. Yep. You know? Again, B doesn't mean bad. No. But there are, you do have those like low budget. You have actors on the way in or the way out, which is very interesting because all you see somebody and you go, holy shnikes, that person became huge. Yeah. Or you, 
you come across Buster Crab, <laughs> the alien death. You go, not that Buster Crab was ever the biggest star, but he was something. Yeah, he was something. And, and the next thing you know, he's in Florida. I mean, Florida, <laughs> acting as a sheriff for <laughs> giant possums. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. It, it's uh, hopefully it's fun. We we're having a blast watching them drinking the beer, beer. <laughs> and and watching them to hopefully provide some context. For later discussions that you may want to have regarding these movies, and I and you're right, we're gonna put bookends. So probably nothing before the 1940s, even though the golden age of B movies extends to the to mid 30s, and probably nothing after the 80s, because then we have the advent and really the the VCR took over, and then the DVD, and then the opportunity right now to make really cheap movies is. The, the barrier to entry is so dropped that any, right now you could go and do it. You could sign a deal with Amazon Prime and put some really bad turkeys up on... I've just watched one <laughs> the, the other day. I mean, it, it, it wasn't terrible, but it was like... It was a crowdsourced horror film from England. And I mean, it was probably a B movie. Yeah. It wasn't terrible. It was okay. But yeah, we, we just... It gets way too muddied. And I think we found the 80s had some really good stuff. Yeah. You have, you have trauma, which yep. I think we discussed. Probably won't be touching on that. Yep. Again, they've been talked about to yep. death. There's stuff. They're, I, I avoid things where it seems like they're trying to be a B-movie. Yes. The B-movie genre started as a very exact type of movie. And it's slowly... Like, I, I researched. It's hard to define what like who coined the term B-movie. I think sometimes you hear like it's the B reel, it's the it's the second like A and B, it's the second film. Um, generally, though, when it was a second film, it's usually show, it was shown first when there was a double feature because you wanted your A film as last. Then you came into that whole drive-in phase, but then as TV took over, there was less and less demand. So then in the '70s, start reading into these exploitation movies for your your local independent theater just had to run movies. So an exploitation. Michael, what? When I first heard that, I'm like, oh, that's a naughty, naughty word. <laughs> Zeroing on a very specific thing and exploiting it to make a cheap movie. Exactly. So Although, nothing bad, nothing nefarious. I always was scared, like, oh, exploitation movie. That means naughty. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not at all. It's it's just it's a very specific genre, and you yeah. get you get some fantastic. I mean, Shaft. Great movie. Absolutely great movie. You know, Enter the Dragon is a classic. I found that I've just, I for some reason, I just keep ending up in the 70s. I mean, a movie that we both adore, Phantasm, is a B movie. I will not do it. File that under, been talked about enough, but I just, that's a classic. Yeah. I, can't, I can't put that on my B movie podcast. No. <laughs> I can't no. put that next to no. Vic Morrow and yeah. <laughs> Bronx Warriors. The Bronx Warriors. And... <laughs> During the Golden Age, I believe either a quarter to a third of B-movies were Westerns. And we're probably not going to touch on a lot. We might do a couple, but we're not going to touch on a lot of Westerns. I think that we might look at stuff that are what you might consider a Western, but it's oddly different. I think we have on our list The Baron of Arizona by Sam Fuller. But generally, we're probably going to keep out a lot of Westerns. Considering our generation, we're Generation X... We would be more of the space western. Yes. I think our western <laughs> types would be more of the sci-fi space western. Yes. You know, I grew I grew up, my dad loved westerns. So saw I. a ton of westerns. I love westerns. 
going back, I never really considered them as B movies. Most of my B movies yeah. would probably be, and maybe that'll be something that I will get out of yeah. this is I'll go back and look and try to find, go, oh, what are some yeah. B westerns, you know? And hey, there's Lee Van Cleef. Yeah, exactly. As a young <laughs> Lee Van Cleef. Because that guy just seemed to be around everywhere. He pops up in the wildest places. The Lee ninja. Van I mean, and then he's he's just some heavy in a, in a film noir. It's yeah. like all of a sudden he's this nasty little, you know, Lee Van Cleef. There are, there are some things we've talked about. RKO, RKO Pictures, one of the like kind of legendary yeah. B-movie studios. Yeah. But we also have... We have like certain, for us personally, our definition of a B-movie. If the actor Tim Thomerson shows up, (laughs) and we we specifically talked about Tim Thomerson, who I love. This is no slight. This is no no dig on Tim Thomerson because a lot of his movies I love. Absolutely. But it's sort of the Jeff Foxworthy thing. If Tim Thomerson's in the movie, you might be watching a B-movie. Exactly. Because he's... He did. He did a bunch of them. He did. And, and it's like, I just, I, sometimes I'll watch the credits and I'll be like, did he just like, was he a grip? Yeah. Did he just, did he just something? Because Tim Thomerson has to just have his hand in every B movie. Again, I can't stress this enough. We're not making fun of Tim Thomerson. No. We are huge fans. Absolutely. I, I just grew up on the guy yeah. and, and I didn't realize he was a stand up yeah. comedian first yeah. in the seventies. Great. He's had a really, yeah. he had a wonderful career. He did. Jack Death. I mean, who doesn't like that hero? 100%. (laughs) Cheers to Tim Thomas. But there are certain little notes that we've come across. Yeah. We'll kind of slowly make some rules of Michael and Jason's B-movie, you know, rules that you might be watching a B-movie if. (laughs) It's a a fluid term, you know. It is. We've talked about film noir. Tons and tons of discussion about what is a film noir. Some people argue film noir ended in like 1950. Right in that area, anything after that cannot be called a film noir. Other people say you can make a film noir now, but the, oh, it's got to be a neo noir. So the B movie, there's no hard and fast definition. Like no. like we said, Phantasm is kind of a classic. Yes, people look at that as like a classic sci-fi horror movie. It is a B movie. Is there any specific? You know, we mentioned actors that we hope to see in some of these, but is there any specific directors or writers that? You th- that you hope that will cover, or that you want to consider as we're going through this. I, because I'm sure we're going to cover a lot of Roger Corman. And I mean, there's yeah, and I mean Roger Corman is like he he wear, he almost you know wears it as a badge of honor, you know, that he made B movies, and you know, it's like there's going to be some bucks and beauties. Yes, like, well, as... Russ Myers will probably come up as well. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure he will. Um, was it um, Bert? Was it Bert I. Gordon? Might Mr. Be. Big. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, there 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 will be that. We'll probably see when we do the seventies and eighties a lot of Charlie Band movies. You know, regardless oh, of what company he oh. owns at the time or is running at the time from Empire to Full Moon and everything like that. <laughs> and hopefully we could learn some things too, because there's there's a lot of movies in the forties and fifties that it's not something that you watch regularly now that might still have a lot of value and worth discussing some significance that might be like hey this is a hidden gem and since we're both big brothers there are times that we're, <laughs> I'm, I'm probably gonna i'm gonna go this movie is so bad yeah. i'm gonna make jason watch it <laughs> so, several times and take notes 
Yeah. <laughs> and, and I have a feeling you, you're doing that to me, too. There, there are some times I've, I've been watching something and, and I go, he's just messing with me. This, this is bad. This is so bad. But yes, you, there are times where it, there is almost like, who can pick a really rude boy? <laughs> and so maybe we should talk about our method. So generally what we're going to do is Michael choose one, I choose one. We watch the movies multiple times. Multiple. <laughs> multiple. We, I mean, I, I try to give each one at the minimum three. I, I agree. That's what I do. And sometimes I try to pull my wife. My wife's like, honey, you know, this is why you're watching them with Michael and discussing them. <laughs> I, had, I had my my lady, she walked in. I was watching one of the movies. And she walked in, looked at the screen. She said, what the hell are you watching? <laughs> that was the opening credits. <laughs> it was 1990, The Bronx Warriors. <laughs> Great opening credit sequence. And she'll watch. She's watched some of them with me, but more often than not, I'm by myself. <laughs> I'm by myself drinking beer yeah. <laughs> and watching the movie. And sometimes I'm going, "Why am I doing this? Why did I pick this? I, I have. I, I, I kind of went, ooh, boy, that that was a tough one you picked there, Michael. And then I, I, I realized you got to watch this more. The same thing where. I usually am watching it in multiple mediums where I'll usually watch it at home on the biggest screen I have. And then I'll usually take it to work with me. On I have a commute. I take the train. I'm watching on my phone. Different experience. And then I'll come home and I'll usually type up some notes and I'll watch it on you know my computer screen. So multiple viewings. Now, Grant, we're joking now, but some movies would come across. We're like, "Oh my gosh!" Like this, it, it meets the definition of a B movie. But it, this is something that should really be shared, and people should watch it. Abs- oh yeah, and, and that's going to happen. Hope, hopefully, you're just curious about yeah. movies. At the end of the day, that that's our target audience. Yeah, people people who don't take themselves too seriously, and people who enjoy movies and want to find something different, find something new. People maybe who just want to laugh and go, I saw that movie too. I'm part of that collective where I'm like, oh, Black Samurai. That's one of my favorite movies too. I'm glad someone's drinking beer and discussing it. I I wanted to punch Alan from Children's Show to play with dead things. I too wanted to slap him and take his cool striped pants. So we're hoping that you take this journey with us, that you enjoy the show that hopefully you're visiting your local brewery, and uh, honestly, it's not going to hurt if you're going to drink a couple beers watching these movies. <laughs> I, I honestly encourage that. I don't really do the drinking game thing, but <laughs> B-movies lend themselves to drinking games. And, and if you are into having a drinking game, and you go, huh? How many times does Tim Thomerson yeah. say something snarky? <laughs> or how many times is Billy wearing a blue shirt and laser blast? <laughs> you drink. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's really about fun. And, you know, we're lear- everybody's learning along the way. Absolutely. I think we're good. The next step is we're going to be talking about movies. Let's talk. So we'll start be releasing movies and releasing our podcast. So we hope you listen and enjoy what we're providing thank you so much guys. so this is beer and b movies i'm jason and i'm michael the future thank of you. mankind is being guided behind closed doors yeah.